memory verse tonight. We are in Proverbs still. Proverbs uh, 19.27. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Proverbs 19.27. Anyone else? Proverbs 19.27. Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge. Proverbs 19.27. King James Version. Thank you. Anybody else? If you'll remember, just by way of setting this up, we started this, I don't know if you'd call it a series, but where we're at in 2 Kings helps us to understand this too. 123, turn at my rebuke, and I will pour my spirit out upon you. I will make my words known to you. See, this is where knowledge begins. When we turn at God's rebuke, when we hear the, the rebuke of the Holy Spirit, that, 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 that he comes into the world to convict of sin and righteousness and judgment, and then we turn, God pours out his Holy Spirit, and then he makes his word known to us. But then last week, we talked about, we talked about uh, 1017, cease listening to instruction. Is that right? No, that's this week, isn't it? 1017. Um, oh my goodness, my brain went dead. I got it. He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray, or King Jameth erreth. You're, you're beginning to go. See, if you, if you, uh, he pours out his spirit on you, he'll make his word known to you. You can begin to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you cease listening to instruction, I did it again, didn't I? These verses are so close. It's even the same word with instruction. Uh, he who keeps instruction uh, is in the way of life. Now you've got evidence. Now it is clearly showing you as you be, begin to keep the instruction. Again, that's guarded. Take heed to it. Uh, but if you refuse it, you're going to begin to go astray. You're just going to start to move away from God. And listen, you can do that. Listen, this is very important. If you're not keeping it, if you're not guarding it, if you're not protecting it, if you're not drawing near to God, you can begin to listen to false prophets, false teachers, false doctrine, and you think you're okay and you still are going to church. You're still in the, you're still in the mix of everything. Everything seems fine, but the only thing you have to judge it by is the false teaching that you're receiving. <laughs> You don't have the Bible, the Word of God. So you have to make sure you do not cease getting into the Word of God. Because as soon as you stop looking at the plumb line, and all you do is listening to the person who is teaching, or somebody else, or a radio station, or some music, now they're leading you astray. This is, this is the whole point of a relationship with God, is that you're coming to hear the Word of God. You're not coming to hear from a man. You're coming to hear from God. You're preparing your heart to receive this word, to get this instruction, because that's what salvation is about, deliverance back into God's house. And everywhere you look, it's about obedience. 
If you really believe in the Father, you're not going to act like Eve and continue to be disobedient and ignore the Word of God and cease listening, but you're going to begin to say, Lord, what did you say? Lord, I want to draw near. I want to hear. I want to be obedient. I want to learn how to follow the Holy Spirit and be led into your righteousness. In fact, while we were um, worshiping, it dawned on me that that the real truth of salvation is repentance. Think about this, and you guys are like, wow, dude, you've been, you've been teaching for this long, and you're just not getting it? No, here's the point, is that we talk about salvation, we lead people in prayers of salvation, we do all these things and point to the salvation, but it's God's will that all would come to repentance. Listen, because without repentance is what Jesus was, it's what John the Baptist came, it's what Jesus said. That there is no salvation. You can't just go to a pulpit or to an altar or to anybody and say a prayer and say, I now have salvation. It's just not true. You have to come to repentance. Metanoia, it means to turn the other way from the direction you was going. I was following the father of lies. I was living my own way. I was in the culture chasing the American dream. And God woke me up with his conviction. And I turned at his rebuke. And he poured out his spirit upon me. And he made his word known to me. And he who keeps instruction, you begin to guard it and protect it and grow in it, is in the way of life. But if you refuse the corrections of life, the reproofs of life, the, the, the instruction that keeps coming because you're staying in the face of God. Listen, it's all about purification. You say, what? Well, purification. It's the same word as sanctification. Setting you apart and making you more like Jesus. And as you obey, he teaches you more. As you obey, he gives you more. As you obey, he's purifying you. You know, if you take a gallon of water and you put some gasoline in it, you go, ooh, that's, that's kind of contaminated. But if you keep adding more and more and more water, it won't hurt you. Eventually, it won't hurt you. Eventually, it will be purified. It will be pure water again because of so much water. And it's the same thing with our lives that are unclean, that they're unholy, they're unrighteous. Practically, we have salvation. Or excuse me, positionally, we have salvation. Our spirit is married to the spirit of God. And, and the, by the spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. And we're looking for the Father, and we can only come through the Son. So, but practically now, we have to deal with our hearts. Positionally, I'm saved. The penalty is gone for my sin because of the positional righteousness I have in Christ. But practically now, I have to learn how to live in His house. Practically now, I have to learn how to obey Him. Practically, now I have to learn what's his instruction, what's his word say, what's he doing? Who is this new father who would give me such amazing love and would die for me? And we draw near, and the only way you're going to find that is at the throne room as you get into the word of God and you see the character and nature of God. You see the name of God. You see what he's doing, what he's done, what he's going to do. And it's all revealed here. And you continue to come near and understand his word, his instruction. Because he said, I'll make my word known to you. But see, so many people, even if they get a genuine conversion, I'm not talking about they go to the altar and then they never do anything different. 
But people go, wow, I've been forgiven. And they begin to read the word. And then they get to a certain point and they stop. They go, I've arrived. I've made it. I'm doing good. Look, I, I'm no longer going to jail. I'm no longer drinking. I'm good. And then they cease listening to instruction. Now listen, in, in the King James, it's actually the word hear instead of listening. Listen to me, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it doesn't come by listening. You can listen to all kinds of stuff, but it comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. But hearing has the connotation of hearkening to hear so that you can obey. You're looking to obey. It's not just, I heard what you said. I'm going to do what I want to do. No, you're coming to come into the Father's house. Because of his great love, you want to please him now. Because of faith, you want to please him. Because of sanctification, that's the only way to be purified. It's the only way to continue. So that's why the warning in the Proverbs of ceaselessly. Now think about that for a minute if you think about who wrote the Proverbs. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowing who God is. Who had the most wisdom in the Bible other than God? Solomon. Solomon ceased listening, began to believe his own press clippings, raised up all kinds of, of, of wives, and he walked away from God. He started pursuing the world, and he stopped listening to instruction, and he strayed away. Now, he didn't die. In fact, when God pronounced the punishment, what happened? He said, I won't do this in your lifetime, but I'm going to do it in your son's lifetime. And when his son Rehoboam took the throne, that's what happened. Jeroboam comes from uh, another uh, uh, place, and he says, we don't have anything to do with this Rehoboam. And that's when the that's when the that's where we're at in Second Kings. That's when the nation split. Ten and a half to eleven tribes went north, and they started worshiping golden calves. And there's Rehoboam in, in in what's now called Judah, the southern tribes, and he has Jerusalem, and he has the place where everybody meets with God three times a year. But eleven of the tribes have walked away from him. But God, it was of God. God was the one that said, I'm going to punish Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, because he strayed from God's instruction. He began to do it his own way. So if the wisest man who ever lived can stray, do we think that we can't? If we don't keep our face on the throne room, if we don't keep our nose and ask people to keep us accountable? And see, this is what the devil has done. He's, he's, he's got everybody dispersed, doing their own thing and and they say you're not the boss of me like the book of judges and they do what they want and that's not the way i read the bible greg well then maybe you don't have the spirit of god but you have to test it and find out is it greg that doesn't have the spirit of god or is it you that don't have the spirit of god who has the spirit of god do you really have the ear of god are you really pray i'm not i'm not picking on anybody i don't have anybody's name in mind i'm just saying you have to decide now because if you die and give up your physical body and you don't have a relationship with God through the blood of Jesus and you've stopped listening to instruction, there's clear evidence of what God is doing. God is purifying us, sanctifying us through the instruction, which sometimes comes in chastisement. It sometimes comes with punishment. In fact, in 
Proverbs 6.23, it says, The law is a lamp and the word is a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And it is because we're unclean, we're impure, we're unrighteous. We're righteous positionally. Power, or excuse me, the penalty of sin is gone. But practically, we know we're not. Practically, we know that we still think wrong things, do wrong things, and we're unrighteous. But God wants us to listen with the intent to obey so that as you obey, he changes your desires. As you obey, he washes and cleanses you. If you stumble... Then there's 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and do what? Continue to cleanse you, purify you, sanctify you, and make you more like Jesus because he forgives you. But your desire is to ask for forgiveness. Your desire is to confess it, to agree, not so you can get out of trouble. See, because sometimes that's why we tell dad after spilling the glass of milk, which I've used many times, and he sends you to your room, I'm sorry, Dad, and now I get to come back into the fellowship of the family. Sometimes it's only for that. But when we confess our sin, it's because we understand that he has taken the power of sin from us. The more you confess it, the more you say, yes, I want to hear your instruction, the more you draw near to him and you say, I'm sorry, Lord, I know I hurt your heart, then he's taken the power of sin because he's changing your desires. So the power of sin is now being removed from your life in a practical way because you're beginning to be trained as a little child to follow his instruction, follow his word, to live righteously before him. In fact, we're being trained to, to do as Adam and Eve did before the fall, which was walk in the garden in fellowship with God daily. And then, of course, we talked about it, I think it was Sunday, we talked about it where um, he wants to sanctify his spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. You know? And so the body, when we see him, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed and we'll get a new body. And then this body of sin that we're carrying around, that, that chases after stuff that it shouldn't, that, that pursues and that likes, that has a nature that is birthed in the garden with Eve and Adam and Eve. That nature will be totally dead. But right now, we're supposed to mortify the deeds of the flesh. Right now, we're supposed to be dead to self. Right now, we're supposed to be crucified with Christ. Right now, we're supposed to be listening to instruction with a heart to obey. And if we cease listening to that instruction, see, Solomon knew because he ceased doing it. He can see this and write it down and tell his son and say, if you cease, my son, you will stray. From the words of knowledge. But you don't have to stray. You don't have to go astray. But you can repent and come back. Does anybody else want to try it? Where's it at? job of course he did Rehoboam did yes he did stray and all of us can stray it's, it, Jesus wrote these words though John 16 1 tells us I have written these things to you that you might not stumble might not be made to stumble 
We, it's a scandalon, something that's a trap stick that's in front of you and you trip over it because you're not listening to instructions. We talked about it before. If you have a GPS on, I, I do this all the time. You might do it. You GPS, you see where it's taking you and you ignore the GPS, even though it keeps saying recomputing, recomputing, you know that you're gonna go around it and get back to the road that it's trying to take you to. And you ignore it for a minute. And see, we can do that with God. We can say, wait a minute, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to chase this bent. I want to live in this desire, and I know I'll be okay later. But that's a dangerous place to live. It's a dangerous place to be. We want to listen to instruction. If you begin to cease or you go, I'm not going to listen to it. I don't want to be corrected. I like what I'm doing. You begin to err. You begin to stray. But it can end in a bad place, and that's going to be next week's scripture memory verse just let me look real quick though to make sure i didn't leave out anything that i thought we should look at cease cease means to desist it means to be being idle see because we think about cease and we think ah, i quit no just being idle just thinking ah i ain't going to church for a couple weeks maybe one week then the next week and then you ah, i'm not i just don't feel good and i'm sick it's really easy to become idle or to, to, to stop doing the things you know you should be doing. But it also, it actually has the first word in it is flabby. That's kind of weird, isn't it? I thought, well, that's pretty weird. Cease means to be flabby. Um, it implies to desist, but it means to be unoccupied with. Because the minute you begin to cease to listen, you grieve the Holy Spirit. You quench the Holy Spirit. You can insult the Holy Spirit. You can lie to the Holy Spirit. And here's the, here's the word, though. It's used in, for cease, it's used in Genesis 18, 11 for Sarah. Remember Abraham and Sarah? When Sarah had passed the age of childbearing, passed is the same word, ceased. In other words, she had a dead womb. So that's where you're going if you cease listening to instruction. This is supposed to be our way of life. Correction, purification, sanctification, becoming more like Christ because we're being led by the Spirit in the Word of God, in the instruction of God. Of course, instruction means doctrine or, or, or correction because that's the way of life. Hearing with intent. The, the word also is this. Here's another good one. It's used in Genesis 11, 8. Anybody know what Genesis 11 is? Tower of Babel. It's used in 11, 8. When God scattered them, what did they do? They ceased building. They stopped building their own government, their own Tower of Babel, because God scattered them. I'm working on a sermon maybe with that because, you know, the very thing that they, you know why they started building? Anybody see this in Genesis reading through this year? The very reason they started building the tower was because they were afraid they were going to be scattered. It's self-deception. They said, let us come together and build a tower lest we be scattered across the whole land. And it was the very thing that God didn't want them to do. And so he come down and said, I better scatter them, lest they kill themselves. See, that's what a government like we see being instituted on the planet right now will do. It will kill itself. It leads to death. 
They try to fight God. They're saying no to God. They're saying there is no God. They're saying we're not going to listen to God. We're going to build our own government, our own kingdom. And the only thing that's going to happen in that is death. Apart from God, you can do nothing. It's just death. That's all it is, death culture. That's all we're seeing is the fruit of death culture as God allows it to grow to its fullest. So it's interesting that that word cease is, comes right out of, out of Babel. Cause to err, mislead. Listen, the, the, the word erreth there, uh, a strain or erreth, has the idea of intoxication. And see, sin is intoxicating. In fact, let's... It, it means to wonder, to wander, not wonder, excuse me, wander. When you, when you begin to stray, you wander. You go, ah, how long can I do that? Ah, well, maybe they do know a little bit over there. Maybe I should be listening to their schools of higher learning. You begin to wander. Listen, I looked it up where it was being used at. It's used in Deuteronomy 27, 18, and I don't know if you've ever read this verse. It's one of those verses I just have to drop my Bible and sit there and look at it and go, who would do such a thing? But all of us would without this Holy Spirit. It, it's used um, in a verse that says, Cursed is the one who makes the blind wander off the road. Isn't that interesting? You go, oh, there comes a blind man. Let's make him fall in the ditch. Let's make him wander off the road. Here he comes. Here he comes. Here comes a blind man. See, this is what you need to understand. The reason I bring these scriptures in is because if the blind lead the blind, you both end up in a ditch. Jesus came and warned us of this. And so when you cease listening to instruction, when you stop looking at this word in order for it to be a mirror, so you can say, that's me. I need to change. Lord, how do I change? How do I stop doing that? Lead me in your way. Lead me in your path of righteousness. Make my way straight. When you stop having that desire you could have already ceased listening to instruction because now it becomes a religion. Now it becomes a habit. Now it becomes something you're doing because other people are doing it when you're really supposed to be actively involved in purification, sanctification, becoming more like Christ, going out and growing and doing the will of God when all we've made it into culture today is something we do to feel good about ourselves. We sing some songs. We have some smoke and some mirrors. And we hear the pastor and we go right back to doing everything we've been doing. That is not receiving instruction with the intent to hear and grow our faith and to go out and do more. That's something that will cause you to be afraid of everything else because you have no fear of God if you don't listen to the instruction with the intent to continue in the plan of salvation, which is positionally your spirit, practically your mind, will, and emotion, your heart, and then Finally, when you cross the finish line, you're removed from the very presence of sin. See, he's trying to take the practice and the power of sin away by teaching us that if we listen, we don't have to obey the old nature. You don't have to obey the old nature. It has no power over you. The devil has no power over you. The world has no power over you anymore because of your positional righteousness that came through Christ because the, the power of sin was death. And what did Jesus take away? When he died for us, he took away the death. When he died for us, he gave us a position of righteousness so that the penalty of sin is gone. 
but we have to begin to understand that and walk it out practically instead of still giving sin power and letting it reign in our mortal bodies. And you can read about this like from 5 to 8 in Romans. It's all laid out there. Paul lays it out in one of the greatest arguments ever. You know, and but we have to begin to listen. But it's like, you guys ever watching restoration shows? You, you see that? And, and you're like, what? Because they get this piece of tin in that looks like you don't even know what it is. And if you weren't watching the show and they didn't tell you, hey, that was a Coke machine, you wouldn't know it. And then at the end of the show, they go, bring it out, buddy, show it to him. He's going to like this. And they bring it out and it's like, wow. That's restoration. But you can't stop in the middle of any of Think about all the parts are broken apart and they're blasting all the rust off. And they go, that's it right there, restoration. Come and get it. Give us your money. It's not finished. Nobody's going to be wild factoring over those parts laying on the ground. And so often that's how we look and we just cease listening to instruction. And then we begin to wonder or stray or err and go back into the old life, back into the world. And listen, here's the thing you have to know. If you read your Bible, they always did. They always do. They always will. And that's the great fear of it because it's the nature this is what the people do apart from God. They always do. Every example in the Bible teaches us that they will do that. You will do that. I will do that. If we cease listening and looking for the voice of God and the face of God and the blessing of God and the will of God, we automatically will go there ourselves. There's no way to stop it. It's the very nature if you don't walk in the newness of life. It's the very life you're going to live and you'll think you're okay because you once had some fruit. You once did some things. You once said a prayer, and everybody said, Yay, you're saved now. But is there any evidence? Is there any fruit? Is there any difference since that day? And is it growing and continuing? Is it remaining? Jesus wants your fruit to remain. And then he wants you to go and tell others about him and be a witness and give testimony. Not to go astray and think you're okay. Not to keep doing whatever you're doing and say, well, you know, I remember that one day when I said a prayer, so I must be okay. It's not true. You have to finish the race. You have to continue in the restoration. And then when the body is sanctified, guess what? You'll be face to face with it. When he gives you the new body, the rapture, you die, you go to heaven, you get the new body. See, that's when salvation is finished. Now, it can be finished right now perfectly, but only when you see that you are still doing it. Because if not, you've erred, you're straying from the words of life. And next week's verse, what is that? Anybody have any questions, comments, concerns? Anybody want to try the verse? I have a question. I have a comment. What yes. you're really pointing to is a relationship. Amen. So, so we're engaged. Okay, so if you're engaged to somebody... And you start to wander, and you never get, and you never go and give your vows, and get married. Then you never really got married. And really, it's like you didn't even get engaged. And this cease my son to hear the instruction that causes you to err from the words of knowledge. This isn't just like a heathenist comment. This is in the church. So yeah. the 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 churchology, the religious 
that you can wander from and come back to the membership club whenever you want, that's not what we're supposed to be doing because this, this isn't a membership club, this is a relationship, it's a marriage. Mm -hmm. We're betrothed. And if we, if we wander from that marriage, wow, that's pretty bad. So if we start wandering around in our fleshly marriages, it's not a good thing. And it's the same thing with Christ. We need to treat Christ in a relationship that we can't wander from or it's adultery. Great point. Because if you see it, remember, Mary, pregnant, Holy Spirit comes upon her. Joseph was going to put her away. The Holy Spirit comes and says, that's of me. And then they still consummated the wedding. They still consummated the marriage. And so you have to get to the finish line to consummate the wedding. It, just because you're betrothed, you can't wander off and do what you want. You're not saved by doing what he calls you to do. You're not saved by listening to instruction. You're not saved by anything other than the blood of Jesus. But if you're truly saved, you will want to get to the finish line. You will want to look like a bride that's ready for her groom. You will want to be purified. If you're really saved, that's all the Holy Spirit wants to do right now in the world. And let me tell you about this since he brought it up. That word knowledge, listen to me. You're going to stray from the words or err from the words of knowledge. The word knowledge there means wisdom, understanding, and discernment. So if you can stray from them, guess what this means? If you listen with a heart, a hearken to hear so that you can be purified, it means that God will give you as you're listening and you're drawing near. He will give you wisdom, understanding, and discernment in knowing Him and having that relationship with Him. And that's what He wants to see. And Because if you stray from it, then that's what you will give up and lose. And that's how people, when they begin to stray, they can almost believe anything. Yeah, but we're over at this other church now, and we're doing a new thing, and they got this going on, but you're beginning to stray. You're not listening to the pure, unadulterated Word of God. You're buying into the, the new flash. The new evangelicism is what they call it. It's the new thing that's going on that God's doing, but God's not doing anything new. If it's new, it's not from God, and it's from God, it's not new. God is still doing the same thing he was always doing. In fact, when you start to think about it, you read this Bible, we're getting ready to go to 2 Kings, everything about that, what was it? It's God married to a nation that rejects him. They didn't finish and go through, follow through of what they were supposed to be doing. There's a marriage going on with this nation. And the first to run from all of it was the 11 nations that followed Jeroboam and worshipped the golden calves. And then it enticed uh, Rehoboam and his southern tribe to follow them. And now they're all gone astray. And in our chapter that we're going to look at, Joash was the only person left from the tribe of David, uh, from the lineage of David, that could actually be king and fulfill the promise that God had made. And again, the whole nation is divorcing God. The whole nation is leaving God. The whole nation ceased to listen to instruction. But who are they following? Their king. That's why we need to understand King Jesus is the one speaking and giving us the instruction. He is the living word, and we need to keep following him. And we're going to pick this idea up, but next week's verse, because this is the eventuality that could happen to a person that ceases listening and decides they don't want to be married 
I know it's difficult. I know people are going, oh, yeah, but what about the verses that no one can snatch me out? What about the verses that there's a lot of verses in the Bible, okay? But don't take them out of context. And that's the thing I'm going to warn you about. Be very careful. It's uh, 21.16. Proverbs 21.16. We're going to stay in Proverbs for a couple more weeks. I like Proverbs. 21.16. A man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. No longer in the congregation of the righteous, in the assembly of the dead. Listen, death culture is everywhere. And that's what we're avoiding right now. As we listen to instruction, it maneuvers us through the pitfalls of death culture because we might be righteous and citizens of heaven because of what Christ has done, but the devil is down here given a right to, to test us and to try us and, and, and to get us to follow him and entice us to live in a way that leads to death. Right back to where we right back to where we were. We were dead. Christ gives us salvation and he says, Follow me. Where's he at? He's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And that's the direction we need to be looking and going, onward and upward with Christ Jesus. Because if we cease listening to instruction, we will wonder from the words of knowledge. And if you wonder from the way of understanding, you'll rest in the assembly of the dead. Next week's verse. Write that down. Memorize it. 2116 of Proverbs. No, I, think, I think a lot of people think that they're finished too early. So a lot of churches teach, well, you're saved, you're highly favored, you're all this, you're good to go. You're not finished until you finish the race. Yep. And until you see Jesus' face, you ain't, you ain't finished. So don't be deceived. There's a lot of roads. There's a lot of crooked paths to send you off away. They send you south or east or west instead of north. So you're not finished until you see Jesus. Keep working at it. Amen. Abide in the vine. Amen.